0: I opened my eyes and the sunlight felt like someone was cutting into my head with an ice pick. The next time I opened my eyes I did it slowly, my hand shielding them. I was in a forest. I heard a waterfall nearby. A quick inventory told me nothing was broken. Equally odd was that I was naked. What the hell did I do last night? I walked towards the waterfall. The forest ended in a gently sloping hill about 20 feet above a beautiful blue lake. The waterfall on the other side was so high I had to crane my neck to see its top. In the lake, two women were swimming. Wood nymphs? What a strange thought. Wood nymphs. Must have hit my head pretty hard when I... when I did whatever I did to get here. I was about to turn away from my voyeuristic indiscretion when the smaller, older of the two turned and for a second looked right at me. Right through me. I pulled back and lost my footing, tumbling forward, sliding down the hill. Grass, rocks, and sticks scratching parts of me that are better left unscratched. I didn't stop until I unceremoniously hit the water, ass first.
1: Are you okay?
2: Careful. Angela, let me see him. <coughs> <coughs>
0: I coughed the water out of my lungs. The taller one was slapping my back and helping me up. She was making a good effort, but I'm a big guy. Her friend, the little one, took my other hand. I was starting to stand up. It was then that the little one, the pixie, looked at me. And let go, sending her friend and I back into the water.
2: Harry? Harry Strange, you promised.
0: What? Who is
2: Harry Strange? Magic and magical people. The unnatural order is all around you. Most mortals ignore the obvious signs, trying to hide behind rationality and science. We exist within rationality and science, just at a level you haven't reached... yet. I am Gabriella, and this is the story of my
3: champion, Harry Strange. Common. You gotta keep pacing like that? What time is it, Finny? What, do I look like Big Ben to you or something? Finny, I swear. I... Okay, okay, relax. It's 4.36. What is this new obsession with the time? You got a date or something? You got your little circles all drawn out so nice and pretty. A violet to a holy oil. What are we waiting for? Let's get Mr. Mojo rising already.
4: Timing is everything, Finny. ...especially with whom I am going
3: to call. It's not like we're going out to the crossroads here. Just call him! We hate answering your calls any time of the day. Waiting for a specific time won't make it any better.
4: Really? I would have thought any opportunity to weasel a soul out of a human was a good time for your type.
3: I like a soul as much as the next guy. Some souls possess great power. But you know what happens most of the time when you hairless apes call? Enlighten me. We end up performing psychic tricks at a teenage girl's birthday party. Does he love me? Will I marry? Blah, blah, blah. Don't get me started on Ouija boards. I hate those things.
4: Then why answer at all if you're not
3: trolling for souls? Oh, we troll. But that's not the main reason we answer.
4: Do tell.
3: Don't play me, Strega. I'm not in the mood. I've got three dominatrixes after me, and surprisingly, I don't like it very much.
4: Really, Finny? If it isn't for the possibility of a soul, why do demons come when we lowly hairless apes call?
3: Because we have to. It's part of our programming. Us and the angels, we have to listen when you call us. It's one of the reasons we hate you so much. He put you above us, the enchanted. I can't believe you didn't know that.
4: Oh, I knew it. I'd just like to hear you and the rest of you unnaturals admit that we, humans, are at the top of the metaphysical food chain.
3: I hate you, Streger. I'm beginning to think that Strange didn't disappear so much as he ran away from you.
4: And here I thought we were bonding so well. What time is it?
3: It's time for you to buy a watch, witch!
4: Be nice to me, Finny, or I won't use the oil when she
3: gets here. She? who are you calling? Wait a second. You're waiting until 444, aren't you? You're not calling a demon. You're calling... An angel. Are you crazy? They are worse than demons when you call them. Especially those archangels. Tell me you're not going to call one of them Strega. Tell me. No, no, you are, aren't you? Do you know what an archangel will do to me on sight? Not if she's contained within the oil.
4: If you're not comfortable staying, feel free to leave. Maybe the crazy sisters
3: aren't waiting for you. Do you really think you're going to be able to hold her? Who are you trying to get?
4: No time now. Look at the clock. It's 4.43. Time to start. Oh, Gabriella Audite placatum of vestri plurimus humilis venura. Ego sumise schizo otu vos. Audite meus prex quod video pro mihi.
3: Oh, perfect, Gabriella. I guess Michael was out of town. Gabriella is crazier than you are. Maybe she's out of town.
4: Oh, Gabriella. Audite. Placatum of vestri, Lorimus Humilis Venura, Ego Sumises Chitso Otuvos, Auditameos Prex. Quote video pro me!
2: Dr. Carmen Straka, at last we meet.
3: This is so gonna suck.
2: Gabriella, I need your help. Most humans just use prayer to reach me. Very few are reckless enough to summon me.
4: Yeah, I'm more of a leap-before-I-look kind of gal. You must...
2: Wait. Is there a demon here? It's been ages since someone's offered me a sacrifice.
3: Hey, I ain't no one's sacrifice, sister.
2: (laughs) You dare speak to me. You're not even worthy to look upon me. Gabriella. no!
3: My eyes! She blinded me! Ah!
4: Gabriela, I bind thee within the holy
2: fire. Mortal, you dare ensnare me in a ring of
4: holy oil? I didn't call you here to have you start blinding people. Or Finny. I need to know where your favorite is. I need you to bring Harry back to me.
2: (laughs) Why would I do that for you?
3: Hello, a little help blind here.
4: Son of a bitch.
2: Because of my winning personality? (laughs) You'll need to do better than that. You can start by turning off the fire. Will you restore Finney's eyesight? Finney, is that what you're calling yourself these days?
3: I got nothing to say to you, Gabriella.
2: With a word from my lips, your existence would cease. Eternal eradication.
4: Can you put aside this whole sibling rivalry thing for a second? Gabriella, Harry is still alive, isn't he? And you know where he is, don't you? Answer a question first, Dr. Strega. One question. And you'll answer mine? I
2: will. Ask away. Do you love Harry Strange? Did you
1: love him, Sister Tasha?
2: It's hard to explain, Sister Angela. He's a complex man. He's a man. How complex can he be? Spoken with all the hubris of youth, Sister Angela.
1: I'm just saying, Sister Tasha... He has those steely, gray eyes and broad shoulders. Yes, he
2: does. We were together about three years. It was darkly wonderful. It's so easy to get caught up in his life. Is that so bad? Harry's life is complicated and violent. His path inevitably leads to death. He's a mobster? If only it were that simple. Harry made a promise to me, and though he has many faults, breaking his promises is not among them. What was the promise? It was about five years ago. He had a little spiritual problem that I helped resolve. Spiritual?
1: Is that what your generation calls it?
2: Careful, you'll find yourself on kitchen duty for the rest of the month. He was having nightmares. I helped cure them. I asked for his word that he not try to find me. He told me he wouldn't. Do you think he's lying about his amnesia? No, that's not who he is. For him to turn up here, without his memory, Providence has played a part in this. Terrible things follow him, and I am worried about the safety of the convent. Maybe it's time we took Harry Strange to someone who can help him better than we can.
1: Look at him out there. Mm. Someone has been helping him build those pecs. Sister Angela, you're
2: never going to get to the final consideration talking like that. There are other considerations, Sister Tasha. You don't mind if I talk to him, do you? You are free to talk to whomever you like. Remember what I said. Death follows him. Namaste, Sister Angela.
1: Namaste, Sister Tasha.
0: So you believe all that stuff Tasha said? Angels? Demons? Hags?
1: We are nuns, Harry.
0: You don't look like any nuns I've ever seen. And the whole skinny dipping? Not very Catholic.
1: We are hardly Catholics. But we do believe that the spirit world is all around us. I mean, don't you?
0: I don't know a lot, but I know I only believe in what I see.
1: What of God?
0: God? Which one? The Christian one, Allah, Zeus?
1: Those are merely man-made constructs for Providence. Don't you feel its presence all around you?
0: Sounds like you're talking about the Force now.
1: Harry, there are more things in this world than your eyes can see.
0: From the mouth of babes.
1: I'm not that young.
0: Really? What are you, about 19?
1: 21.
0: Right.
1: I will be in six months.
0: If I'm still here, I'll make sure Tasha throws a big bash for you.
1: That's a sweet tat. What's it mean?
0: I wish I knew. It looks like a cross and a headstone.
1: Have you had it long?
0: Good question.
1: You have a lot of scars on your chest. Not that I'm complaining. (laughs) I think scars are hot. Cool.
0: Is that what Tasha said?
1: That scars are cool?
0: Ha ha, no. That I've been in a lot of fights.
1: Yes. And other things?
0: Some of those other things weren't very flattering. Tasha continued to gently insist that I was Harry Strange. Some of the stories she told me, hags, vampires, Nolf demons, Maras, were fascinating. But overall, this Harry Strange didn't seem like a very nice guy. It was obvious that Tasha was getting frustrated with me. But nothing she said sounded remotely familiar or rational. Six months went by quickly. I did handiwork for the sisters, good physical labor. I wasn't sure what I used to do, but I could enjoy this type of work. I sincerely hope that when my memory returned, I didn't discover I was an accountant. On the night of Angela's 21st birthday, Tasha and the other sisters put out quite a spread, even if it was vegetarian. Conversely, the wine was, as far as I knew, the best I'd ever had. Sister Tasha asked me to give her a hand in the kitchen, and Sister Rhea went to fetch something from her room. The remaining sisters, including Angela, were in the main dining room.
2: Angela is having a wonderful time. It was really sweet of you to do this.
0: I just suggested it. You and the rest of the sisters did all the work.
2: I could get used to this new Harry's...
0: Tasha, are you okay?
2: Yes. Well, no. I haven't told you everything.
0: This discussion never goes anywhere.
2: No, you have to know this. You and I...
0: You and I?
1: Ah! Oh my god, they're everywhere! Hurry!
0: Who is? I ran through the door, kitchen knife in hand. Somehow I knew to turn the knife inward, its blade facing out, ready to strike with fist instead of slash it like a sword. For a second, the phrase dagger of Yago was in my head, but then it was gone. Someone had killed most of the lights in the main dining room. (coughs) Albinos, towering almost seven feet tall, were tearing and ripping through the sisters. A feminine arm slid across the room and stopped at my feet. Some of the sisters were striking back with little effect. Three albinos surrounded one sister, I think her name was Anne, and started biting and tearing at her. One leaned in and Anne's scream was abruptly cut off. When it pulled back, parts of Sister Anne's throat were hanging from its lips. It was chewing on her. (coughs) The other abominations bit into her shoulder and arms, arterial blood splattering all over Anne and her attackers. One of the sisters scrambled away. She raised her arms and started to mouth something. Then one of the abominations grabbed her from behind, spun her around, and bit down on the side of her face. Pulling her skin off the way you or I would pull the skin off a chicken leg. As if guided by an unseen force, I started striking at the albinos. One reached out for me and I cut off three of his fingers. He pulled his hand back and looked at the damage, blood pumping out with each beat of his heart. I jumped forward on the beast. He tried to backpedal, but I was smaller and faster. With martial arts skills I didn't know I had, I slashed his throat. As he was sinking to his knees, his hands went to his throat as if they were trying to stop the flow of blood. I spun and delivered a solid roundhouse kick to the albino who had attacked Sister Anne. While he was tumbling backward, I continued to spin, cutting his chest and throat with the knife.
2: Magnus Redelvo, telem Lido Monasteriense!
0: Tasha was standing at the kitchen door. Her arms were out in front of her as she spoke the words. A blue fireball formed at her fingertips. Once it reached the size of a softball, it flew from her hands, engulfing an albino who was running towards me. The other abominations charged. Do that fireball thing again! It's not a
2: weapon. It takes time to recharge.
0: I grabbed another albino and tossed him backwards toward the wall. More of the albinos swarmed into the room, grabbing more of the sisters.
2: Harry, there are too many of them.
0: She was right. More albinos were coming in through the doors and windows. Harry, we have to go. I know, Tosh. I just... There's something... Look at those tracks in the dirt. Someone was dragged through here. And over there. See the blood trail? These people were carted off. I'm guessing by the same mole men who attacked your convent.
2: Why do you keep calling them mole men?
0: I don't know. It just seems... right.
1: None of these phones are working either. Oh... Oh, I have to sit down.
2: Rest, Angela. Let me look at your wound.
0: The town was a bust. From the looks of things, the mole men had hit here before moving on to the convent. The town had become a killing field. We had stopped in the butcher shop because Angela thought she heard something. The smell of rotting meat met us inside the door. Then we saw the first victim. An older woman, probably out for her daily shopping, was laying face down on the floor, her dress flipped up, showing her white panties, now stained red. Both her legs had chunks of meat missing, as if someone had been eating her. Her arms were gone and clumps of red and yellowish fluids were sticking to her shoulders and head. The butcher's wounds were far less severe. He was laying forward, over the counter. I pushed him back and saw that something had been tearing at his shirt and chest. He had a chunk of flesh taken off his shoulder, but none of the wounds looked fatal. I was trying to figure out what killed him, Maybe he was just unconscious. I started to take his pulse when... Oh, goddess! I hobbled towards Tasha. A wayward tree limb crushed my ankle last night during a tug-of-war with one of the mole men. I spent so much time walking on it that it actually felt numb. Sort of. Tasha was standing in front of a couple of coolers, the kind with glass fronts. Except these coolers were stocked with geriatrics rather than soft drinks and beer. People in their 60s and 70s were propped up in the coolers, uh, thin layer of frost was on their mostly doughy colored skin. I kicked a small package, sending it sliding through a gruel of viscous liquids and chunks of meat. On closer inspection, it wasn't a small package. It was the torso of a child, probably no more than six years old. Tasha couldn't tear her eyes from it. Come on, Tash, we're done here. We need to move. We were inside a pharmacy that hadn't suffered much damage and, so far at least, was corpse-free. We found some supplies, and Tosh tended to Angela. I worked through the current events. I don't know what was guiding my thought process, but much like the fighting skills I didn't know I had, I was thankful for it. The Mo men attacked in mass. Then they carted the survivors off, probably a camp somewhere. That meant the Mo men were intelligent. Or were being guided by some intelligence. Up close, they barely had eyes. Just a white, jellious liquid where their eyes should have been. I had seen them before.
2: Eddie. please put down the Pop-Tarts. That's your
0: fourth box. I can't seem to stop eating them. They're so tasty. That's it! Food! They're gathering food! Excuse me? They're cannibals. They eat human flesh. Did you see their eyes? They're practically blind. That's why they only attack at night. But they can track a scent like your best hunting dog. The people they don't kill in their first attack, they store to eat later. That would explain the bodies in the refrigerator. They're creating their own human buffet. How do you know all this? I don't know, but I know I'm right. We have to get to their lair.
2: And that lair is where?
0: Nearby. We can follow their trail.
2: What about Angela?
0: She needs to come with us. Remember what I said about her not changing into one of them? Well, I'm not so sure that won't happen now. According to some of the legends, cannibalism is a communicable disease.
2: Is this all coming back to you?
0: There's nothing coming back. It's just stuff that I know. It's like remembering all the prepositional phrases thirty years after graduating high school.
2: Perhaps, but I was never taught about cannibals when I was in school. Oh,
0: good goddess! Tasha and I jumped up. The butcher was standing in the doorway. Most of the hair on his head was gone. Just spotty patches remained. His skin was molten, peeling back to reveal a sickly white sheen. The worst part, though, were his eyes. They had started to liquefy. His mouth was open and drool poured out of it. He lifted his arm and pointed at Angela. Then he started to run towards her.
3: You. Uh-uh.
0: Uh-uh. The noise of the saw got his attention. He stood in place for a moment, so I charged him. It was over before I knew it. Hurry I'm okay. I'm quite sure of that. What about him? I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure he's dead. Gods, Harry, is that always your solution? What do you mean? He's the first person I've ever killed. My God, I just killed a man. What does that mean?
1: Is that thing what I am going to become?
2: I don't know, Angela. We're getting antibiotics into you. And we've cleaned and disinfected your wounds, things the butcher didn't get a chance to have.
1: I'm a vegetarian! I can't turn into that!
2: We need to get moving. Harry. Harry! Focus,
0: here. I just took a chainsaw and cut a man in half. Give me a second to process that. (coughs) I dropped the saw on the floor as if it were something foul and dangerous.
2: You saved Angela. You acted in self-defense. I would have handled it differently, but you...
0: Is this who Harry Strange is? A man who kills so easily? Is this who you think I am? We should go. What was your plan? My plan? We should be running away, not into the mouths of these things.
1: Harry! Your leg! You're running on the, leg, like, ankle that you broke!
0: Hmm. So I am. Tasha, help me unwrap it. Wow. My ankle's healed. There aren't any bones sticking through the skin. The favorite has miraculous healing powers. The favorite, huh? So I'm a killer and I heal quickly. You know what they call that? A shark. Wonderful.
2: Is it such a difficult question, Carmen? Do you love Harry Strange? I brought you here. You must do as I command. Is that how you think it works, human? I am not your pet monkey who will play a squeeze box on command. You are now marked as a human who dared bind an archangel within holy oil. A human who consorts with demons. I am sorry about
4: the fire. And summoning you. But if you know where Harry is, I want... I need to... I need him back. Just
2: tell me where. I'll get him myself. Why do you assume he's alive? Your own authorities say he's dead.
4: And I thought I saw his body. But in my heart, I know Harry isn't dead. Please, Gabriella, where is he? Do I love him? I was unwise enough to call an archangel of the Lord of Hosts and risk her wrath. Please, Gabriella, of course I love him.
3: You sound like a lovesick teenage girl pining over some boy band or angsty vampire or something.
4: You know, Gabriella, I hadn't planned on giving you a sacrifice, but if you want Finny... Hey!
2: I don't think so. But I should have muted him instead of blinding him. Amen to that, sister.
3: Real nice picking on the handicap. Not very Christian of you.
2: Why would you assume I am Christian?
4: Gabriella? my feelings for Harry aside. Lilith's minions are here, and it won't be long before they start attacking humans. I can protect myself, and maybe Finny but I can't protect the entire city. I need
5: Harry for that. Will you take me to him? No. Harry Strange Episode 202, Mr. Mojo Rising, was written and directed by Tony Serechia and produced by Brian Ahern. All material is copyright by Tony Serechia and used with his permission. Featured in tonight's cast were Kellen Stennett, Jackie Costello, Tish Parmalee, Sylvia Galan, Jason Tyler, and Brian Troxell. Mary's opening theme music was written and performed by Lance Hogan and is copyright by Lance Hogan and used with his permission. Incidental music and character themes were written and performed by Ryan Lassard and are copyright by Ryan Lassard and used with his permission. Contact Ryan at rlassardmusic@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Incidental music was written and performed by Kevin McLeod and is copyright by Kevin McLeod and used with his permission. Visit incompetech.com for more of Kevin's music. To keep up with the latest news and information on everyone's favorite private investigator, visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Radio. Send your questions, comments, and suggestions to producer at harrystrange.com. For the Harry Strange Radio Drama, I'm Joanne Pruden. Good night.